Amen. You know, some messages are subtle, and some of them are real clear. Last week, I must have went too long, because I now have a clock on the pulpit. <laughs> All right. I'm so glad to be here. I have missed you guys. Saw some new faces this morning. I'm really glad you're here. If you'll take out your message notes. If you hadn't been here, hadn't caught us on live stream, we've been doing a series of what I hope to be encouraging messages. Uh, uh, this coronavirus has turned our lives upside down. You know, life has changed for a lot of us. Events were canceled or postponed. School was, was out. Businesses closed. Uh, the economy's taking a hit, except for the firework economy. They're doing all right, I believe. And uh, <laughs> so uh, how should we react to circumstances that are beyond our control? What should we depend on? What are the things that maybe we depended on that have been taken away from you? What do you do when life stops working the way you expected it to work? It's not just the virus, lots of different things. But what do you do when life doesn't work the way you expected it to work? This is why this series a faith that won't work when life don't is important. Because a faith that doesn't work is worthless. Worthless. So I want to help you and myself discover a deeper faith. One that lasts. One that's practical. One that will help us through tough times. A faith that will give us hope. Purpose, significance, meaning, and even happiness in the middle of a crisis. A faith that works when life don't. Life doesn't always work out the way that we want it to. Amen? So this week, I'm going to look at this. A faith that makes Tough choices, easier. Tough choices, easier. We're going to have to make some tough choices in the days ahead. You may have to make one today. I'm going to first look at, at seven typical ways that I believe people react to a crisis. And I'm going to ask you to write them down. And I want to get you and me to, to stage seven. But understanding these, these stages is key. Write these down. Number one, the first stage that I, that I believe we go through is denial. Denial. It's, it's not my problem. It, it, it may not even be real. Then we get to stage two. I call this dismissal. Okay, it's real, but it's no big deal. It's going to end fast. It won't last. Then we get to stage three, defiance. I know they tell us to do these things, but I refuse to let this limit my freedom. 
It's not going to cramp my style. Then stage four is delayed acceptance. Okay, it's real. And it's probably a big deal. It will affect me and other people. Then stage five is disruption. Disruption. My life just got turned upside down. Whatever crisis that you're in, my life just got turned upside down. Larry mentioned the, the law enforcement. Their lives and careers were turned upside down. Upside down. And when we're in the disruption, we're going to have to make some tough choices. When we're in a crisis, we're going to make some tough choices concerning our kids. We're, we're out of work. Unemployment's running out. We've got to make some financial choices. We've got to make some relational choices made. And stage six is distress. This is going to last. This is going to change everything. This is going to last a long time. Guys, this particular crisis, we've never had something like this before. It's global. And it has changed everything. This stage number seven is where I want to get us to. Determination. Determination. I just simply mean that with God's grace, we're going to get through this together. We're going to get through it together. We will make it with God's grace. Amen? We will make it. So today we're going to talk about decisions. Life is a series of choices and decisions. Every day, it's a series. And we make our choices, then our choices make us that's just the way that life is well how does trusting god make tough choices easier we're going to be coming <clears throat> we're going to be coming from james chapter one if you got your bibles with you we're going to kind of hanging out in verses five through eight but i want to first let's let's define let's talk about tough choices because i, I want to make sure that we're on the on the same page here. Tough choices is not necessarily a significant choice. A tough choice means that none of the options are more favorable than the other. You and I may have to decide between two good things. You know what I'm saying? Is it no baked chocolate oatmeal? Or is it birthday cake? That's what I'm saying. That was my decision. That was my decision. Can you tell? But we may have to decide between two good things. Or we may have to decide between two bad things. That are equally unfavorable. Or we may have to decide between two painful things. That are equally painful. You know what I'm saying? Now you know where I'm kind of going to. That's why it's a tough choice. Because they have the same, almost the same consequences. Here's what I'm going to urge you to do. 
Don't flip a coin. Don't flip a coin. When you do that, you're just handing your power over to chance. Your free will, my free will, is one of God's greatest gifts that he has given to us, this freedom to choose. Amen? You want to know how to make tough choices? I want you to think of something specific that you will face this week. I'm going to give you two seconds. Just, just think of something that you're going to face this week. Some tough decision, some tough choice. It could be your finances. You realize some people have to pay, have to decide whether they're going to be able to pay their rent or their power bill. It could be a choice with your kids that you're going to have to make. It could be a choice with your, your, your boyfriend to keep him or kick, kick him. How will trusting God make that decision easier? How will I do that? Write these down, number one. How's it going to make it easier? When I trust God, he gives me his wisdom. When I trust God, he gives me his wisdom. I'll tell you, you, you and I, we need this. When there is no clear advantage, we need it. Why? Look at verse five. If any of you lack wisdom, you should pray and ask God because he gives it generously to anyone who asks. He never resents you asking. God loves to help you, and he'll give you the wisdom that you need. Just ask. The reason we don't have it, we simply don't ask for it. The Bible says you have not because you ask not. Why should I ask for wisdom? Look at Proverbs 3.18. Those who become wise will become happy. Wisdom is the key to a blessed life. Do you want to be happy? Amen. Do you want to be blessed? Well, the Bible says if you do, you need wisdom. You need God's wisdom, not the world's wisdom. Proverbs 4, 7. Getting wisdom is the most important thing you can get in life. It's more important than money. It's more important than fame. It's more important than pleasure, success. As a matter of fact, wisdom will bring all of that stuff to you. If you're going to focus on something, focus on getting wisdom. You, you can't move around like you used to. Use this time to get wisdom. You can't visit with as many folks as you, you want to. Use this time to get wisdom. That you're blessed. You're happier. You're smarter. Use this time to get wisdom. 
I'm going to tell you something because us just being human beings, the odds are high that we make bad choices. Amen? So much pain in our lives comes from bad, foolish decisions. Can I get an amen on that? So much pain. So much pain. Bad, foolish decisions. Proverbs 24, 20. uh, I got 14 in the message. We'll go with 14. It could be 24. Wisdom is good for the soul. If you get wisdom, you'll have a bright and secure future. Get wisdom. Get wisdom. As some sub notes here, how do I get wisdom? How do I get the wisdom that I need? There's three ways that I wrote down. Write these down real quick. First thing is to put God first in my life. You want to get wisdom, you got to put God first in your life. Make him the top priority. Make him the top priority in your thoughts. Make him the top priority in your schedule. Make him the top priority in your money. Put him first. Psalm 111.10 says, Reverence for the Lord is the foundation of all true wisdom. The rewards of wisdom are given to anyone who listens and obeys God. Do y'all know what reverence is? That's honor and respect, which means to give priority to trust God. God gives wisdom to those who will ask, trust, listen, and obey. See, it's conditional. It's not everybody. Proverbs 15, says, honoring God and being humble. Underline that word humble leads to wisdom. And wisdom will bring honor to you. See, humble is the very opposite of pride. Wisdom. Humility. When you honor God, it gives you wisdom. When you humble, it gives you wisdom. When you get wisdom, other people honor you. Do you get that? Be humble. Be humble. Humility feeds your faith. The second thing of how we get wisdom is this. Practice God's word in my life. Practice God's word in my life. The Bible, the, the book is filled with wisdom. Now, I want to tell you something. You don't get wisdom by simply reading it. You get it by applying it to your daily walk, by doing what God says to do. Doing what he says to do. I've told you all this a thousand times, but I'll never forget it as long as I live. And, and I've got my faculties. We were at Promise Keepers, and, and, and me and Paxton went looking for David. We are going to tell him we had their seats saved. Me and Paxton got his seats right down front. We were right down front. I mean, they were spitting on us from Promise Keeper. And so we knew about where David was, and David was handing out Bibles. His whole job was handing out Bibles as people come in the door. And, and some of me and Paxman sat there watching him, because we like to watch others work, amen? So we, he was working. David was working, and, and some old boy said, what do I do with this? David said, read it. Do what he says. But it's truth. 
We got to read it and do what it says. And maybe I'm old school, but I want to tell you something. Get a real Bible. I know, I know you got it on your phone, but there's something about that written word. There's something about them pages. I know you can argue with me, but I'm okay with you being wrong. I just want you to know that before you want to argue, I won't argue with you. There's something about the written word. It's alive. John 13, 17, Jesus said, now that you know these things, oh, listen, guys, you will be blessed if you do them. See, just knowing them ain't enough. You and I won't be blessed by simply knowing the Bible. The only actual part or parts of the Bible we believe are the ones we practice. If you don't practice them, you don't believe the rest of it. If you believe we should do them, then you should do it. If you don't do them, then you don't really believe it. Why? Why should we do it when it don't make sense to us? Second Samuel says God's way is always perfect and God's word is always true. We should do it because his way is always perfect. His way is always true. So if I practice his way and I follow his word, I will do the right thing at the right time. A difficult decision, God's way is perfect. God's way is true. James 1.25 says, if you look intently, you know what that means? Study. If you look intently into God's perfect word that gives you freedom and you continue to do this, not forgetting what you've learned, and then you put it into practice in your life, you will be blessed in everything that you do. Study. Study. That's conditional. He says, if you do this, you will be blessed. Study the word. Do the word. Third thing that you need to do to get wisdom is this. Get some godly people in my life. Get some godly people in my life. The people you hang out with the most are either helping you or they're hurting you. The only two ways to look at it. The people you hang out the most with the most are either helping you or they're hurting you. They're either building your fear or they're building your faith. Amen? Amen. I hope you think about who you're hanging out with. Because they're either stress generators or they're stress relievers. Who generates some stress in your life? You need to shed that like a size medium jacket. Amen? (laughs) Come up to here on me. I put on one of Luke's jackets. I'll have the coldest forearms in the world. 
quality of your life and the quality of your decisions and the quality of your choices will be determined by who you spend most of your time with. Amen. Who do you spend most of your time with? Choose your friends wisely. Choose them wisely. I ain't saying completely quit hanging around with them, but if they're building your fears, you need to cut that time off. You need to limit that time. Proverbs 13, 20 says, if you keep company with wise people, you'll be wise. But if you hang out with foolish people, you'll suffer from making bad choices. And no one woke up this morning and said, I want to make bad choices. One of the things you can do is be careful who you hang out with. Trusting God makes tough choices easier. Hang out with good people. Gain wisdom. Let's go to number two. When I trust God, this is something I've dealt with before. I don't deal with it anymore, but I wanted y'all to know. If I dealt with it before, I think. When I trust God, he frees me from second guessing. Second guessing is a miserable life. When I trust God, he frees me from second guessing. You guys know what I'm talking about. The moment, the moment that you make the decision, then you start doubting yourself. You start second guessing yourself. That's agony, ain't it? Did I make the right decision? Did I do the right thing? Some of you guys are pros at this. You, you tend to overthink stuff. Make the decision with God's wisdom and move on. You know what God says about second guessing about it? He says it's dumb. It's dumb. It's why you, he wants you to trust him. And when you trust him, he sets you free from second guessing yourself. Proverbs 17, 24 says, anyone with God's wisdom will know what makes good sense, but fools can never make up their minds. We can't make up our minds. Because we're dependent on our wisdom and not God's. We're not in the word. We're not with godly people. We're not having God first in our life. James 1, 6 through 8 says, when you ask God for wisdom, you must believe and expect God to answer. Because anyone who starts doubting is like a wave in the sea that is blown and tossed around by the ever-changing winds. You won't get God's wisdom if you're double-minded always waving back and forth. That only makes you unstable and insecure in everything that you do. We cannot be double-minded. And, and amen, we're in a season of ever-changing winds, all right? Just turn on the news. I tell you what, on second thought, turn off the news. That's where you're going to see these ever-changing winds. You don't want to, I don't want to be tossed back and forth to you. Open up the word. Being tossed back and forth makes you and me unstable and insecure in everything we do. This is what second guessing creates. Are you indecisive? Well, yes and no. <laughs> I didn't know if y'all get that or not. I'm tickled y'all going to got that. I'm going to use that in the limb too. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
A double-minded person creates instability. It creates instability in everything, even relationships. Even relationships. It creates an unstable spiritual life. Yeah, if you're double-minded, you, you messed up, JT. We'll talk about it afterwards. Block, I'm going to tell you what else being double-minded does. According to this verse, it blocks your prayers. It blocks your prayers. Being indecisive keeps us from receiving what God wants to give to us. Number three, when I trust God, he acts on my behalf. That's what I like. Somebody try to mess me over, I'm fixing to trust God on you. Amen. <laughs> he fixing to act on my behalf. So you better watch out. God ain't moved by our whining. God ain't moved by our complaining. Here's something else. He ain't moved by our griping. God is moved when we trust him. When we trust him. Matthew 9, 29, to get you some of this, Jesus said, according to your faith, it will be done to you. Today, today, you get to choose how much God blesses your life. You get to choose. Today. You got big faith, you get big blessings. You get little faith, you got little blessings. You got no faith, you get no blessings. Your choice. Because the word says, not just the word, these were the words in red. Jesus said this, according to your faith. You choose. You choose. Last one, but it's a big one. I'm winding down. When I trust God, he uses even my mistakes. He uses even my mistakes. Even if I make the wrong decision. Even if I make the wrong decisions, God will still bring good out of it. I can't lose. I'm in a win-win situation if I trust God. I'm going to tell you what, that makes my stress level go down. My blood pressure is lower when I realize it's God, the creator of the universe, that has my back. He's got my back. Oh, man. If my decision is driven by my faith, Romans 8, 28 says, we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love him and are called to live his purpose for us. Even my mistakes. I know I've used that verse the last three or four weeks, but you, somebody needs to get a hold of it. He can use even our mistakes. If you love God, if you really want his purpose for your life, you ain't going to miss his will if you love him. Wrong decision, God says, you know what? That's okay, Jim. I'll make good out of it. You made a bad decision. But, Jim, I'm going to fit it into my plan. I can do it. I'm God. So he says, you know what? You can relax. You can relax. That is an amazing thing to remember. 
when you have a tough decision to make. When they're both equally good or equally bad or equally painful, say, you know what? I can't mess up. I can't lose. Because I love him. Better than that, he loves me. He's going to fit it into his plan. Even if I make the wrong one. I win. Oh, that's confidence building. That ought to help you relax. God is our safety net. Y'all know what I'm saying? He's our safety net. Even if we choose the wrong thing. He said, I'll still use it for good. Again, that promise isn't for everybody. Just for those that love God and live according to his, his purpose. So give the decision to God. Trust him. Put him first. Ask for his wisdom. Get into his word. Get godly people around you. Around you. Trust God. Don't second guess. You'll have a miserable life. So I got to ask you, as the musicians come, will you trust God in whatever decision that you're having to make this week and whatever choices that you're having to make? Some of you are going to make them today. Will you just trust God? Also, maybe you're here and you, you haven't. Will you trust God as your Lord and Savior today? Will you recommit your life to God today? Will, begin, will you begin to look at who you're spending most of your time with today? Is it godly people who are building your faith up or are they building your fears? Let's pray. My Lord, thank you so much. Thank you, thank you, thank you for showing up this morning. I pray for my folks here at North Point. I pray for protection that you've given us over us. I pray as we go out into our workplaces this week that we spread you. I pray for miracles, healings. I pray for pathways and, and choices made by your wisdom and not ours. I pray that we don't drive ourselves crazy by second guessing. I pray that we get a written word, Lord, a written word, and we read it and we do what it says and we let it pour into our hearts and our minds. I pray that you begin to get people together. They don't even know it's a small group, but it becomes one. Because where two or three are gathered, we'll gather in your name. And where two or three are gathered, we gather in your name. When we have people all over this place, I pray that it grows. And, Lord, that you take charge of this country again. You know what, Lord? I'm sorry. I said that you already in charge. I pray that you are made manifest in our country. And that we be a light in this world of darkness. I pray this in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen.